Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, October 11th, 2020, we continue our series titled The Ideal, a study in Colossians. Today's sermon, The Ideal Christian, will be taught to us by Pastor Thomas Slager out of Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 23. Enjoy. Someone asked me a strange question this last week. It was kind of out of the blue, and this kind of comes up in random conversations. We're just talking with friends sometimes. The question was this. What was your worst subject in school as a kid? Worst subject. Some of you are already just like, I'll tell you. You don't got to pull it out of me. Uh, but, I, but I do want to know. Like, Sean, worst, worst subject in school? School. Yeah. School. Yeah. I should have asked which one was good. That's a much shorter list, isn't it? No, I'm with you, brother. Uh, Lunch? Lunch was your favorite subject? Well, what, how about this? On the count of three, just tell me your worst subject in school. One, two, three, go. <laughs> math was the right answer. Uh, I was good at math up until like fifth grade. And then something happens in fifth and sixth grade where suddenly the alphabet gets infused with numbers and they don't... I'm like, what is this? <laughs> two plus two equals four. Got it. Three plus two equals seven. Got it, right? Like, I'm clearly good at this type of thing. I'm just kidding. I know it's six, okay? So chill out. Um, but then you start throwing numbers in. It's like 2x over five equals y smiley face divided by weird sign squiggly equals r over the original number. I'm like, I don't know. This is, this, is not, this is not mathematics anymore. This is entirely something else. And like the equations start simple and you start figuring it out. But over along the way, we just start complicating and adding more and more and more stuff in. And when I think about it, that's kind of like the Christian faith because the gospel is pretty simple. It's real simple. Like the equation to Jesus is not hard. And I want to teach you this equation because I learned it young as a kid, um, but then over time I started adding things to it and started getting the wrong answers. The equation is this, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. What we're going to see this morning um, in our passage, and we've seen it already in in some of the the, the most recent passages that we've gone through, um, there's people in this church, in the Colossian church, who are adding to that equation. It's Jesus plus something else. It's got to be something else. Can't be just Jesus. Got to be something else. We've seen people add knowledge, right? It's Jesus, but also knowledge. If you don't know the secret knowledge, then you can't have everything. Jesus plus this will give you everything. What we see today, it's Jesus plus rules. And if you want everything, if you want all of Jesus plus the things he says to you, or more importantly, the things that I say that you ought to do, it's legalism. Jesus plus legalism. Or we see Jesus plus experience, mysticism, the things we need to feel and experience throughout our life. Or it's asceticism, just saying no, 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 no to all sorts of things that are in the world. We're on this pursuit of being like an ideal Christian. We want to be a good Christian. And let me tell you, the title of this morning's sermon is rather misleading. It's the ideal Christian. Um, let me tell you this. There is no ideal Christian. There's only an ideal Christ. Amen. Okay, there's no good Christian. There's only a good and sovereign, perfect, gracious God. 
That's who we serve. So this morning, let me encourage you for just a moment. If you have some walls built up, maybe your equation has been Jesus plus something else equals the everything God has to offer you. Um, let me graciously ask you to let those just down for a moment as we discover and explore what God's word actually says for our life this morning. Colossians chapter two, verses 16 through 23 says this. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with the growth that's from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, all referring to things that perish as they're used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Let's pray. God, though it's my voice that's been heard, we know it's your word that's been spoken, and this morning we trust your word as the authority for our life. God, more than just the word itself, we trust you. This morning we declare that you are the Lord. We'd like you to be the Lord of our life. We submit to your reign, your rule, in everything we have, in everything we say, in everything that we do. Holy Spirit, I ask this morning that you would open our eyes to see you, open our ears to hear you, our minds to know you, our hearts to love you, and our mouths to respond with worship, and our mouths to respond with words, um, words of you, that we would go out and share the gospel in our community, in our workplace, in our schools, in any context you have us in, God, that we would be so excited about this equation, this Jesus plus nothing equals everything equation, that we would go and tell someone about it this week. God, would everything here be done for your glory and your glory alone? We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. Three false gospels, three wrong equations we saw in this church in Colossians that we still see in our community, in our church, and even in our own lives as well. The first false gospel, the first wrong equation is this, Jesus plus legalism. Jesus plus legalism. It's rules and regs. All right, and let me, let me say this um, before we begin looking through some of these things. This is different than God's commands. Okay, there's things that God says are black and white, then there's this gray area that we fill in with our own opinions and convictions, and then we elevate them to the same level as God's command. Shouldn't be that way. Okay, God's command is here. Our opinions and convictions are just that, opinions and convictions. So he says this, therefore, um, Bible study tidbit, right? When we see the word therefore, we go back to see what it's there for because this is connecting us back to something else. Uh, namely, it's connecting to who is Jesus? What has he done? Chapter two, verse nine, we learn this mystery that Christ is in us, that Christ is living inside of us. Verses 10 through 13, we saw that we are in Christ. So this is crazy, right? Christ is in me, I am in Christ. And then in chapter two, verses 15 through 16, and we see that Christ has won the victory. He's victorious. So therefore, since Christ is the foundation of everything, since Christ is at the center of everything, here's the teaching. Let no one pass judgment on you. Don't be judged. Okay, you can also extend this. Don't be judged and don't judge other people. 
based upon what? Here's the legalism where it comes in. For them, it was all about diet and days. Diet and days. Don't let anyone pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or new moon or a Sabbath. Why not judgment? Because Christ has accomplished everything. Because Christ has accomplished everything. So don't be judged according to people's opinions and convictions when you're judged according to the truth that God's given us in his word. What's legalism? Legalism is this, making man-made rules and regulations a standard for all. In other words, in the church, it sounds like this. I follow Jesus this way, therefore, you should follow him the same way. God hasn't spoken to this exact issue, um, but I know what it really means, and I know what God would say. Therefore, all y'all must believe and act just like me. Jesus took issue with this. In the book of Mark, chapter seven, verses six and eight, he's talking to this group of religious folks. They're legalists. They're people who are always trying to do the right thing on the outside, but on the inside, they're just dead. And Jesus says to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, which isn't a nice thing. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. Here's what they were doing. Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So saying, commandments of men are evil with, are equal with God's truth. You leave the commandment of God and hold fast to the tradition of men. The focus of the Christian life should be on Christ himself, not on all these rules and regulations that we put in place for people to follow. Their regulations that they put in place were all about diet and days. All about diet and days. Paul, in Romans chapter 14, verses one through six, speaks to those same issues uh, and really sets us free to follow Jesus how we best see fit when it comes to diet and days. He says this up on the screen for you. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. In other words, um, as for the one who may be slightly less mature than you in Christ, welcome them into relationship, but not to quarrel over opinions not to fight about things God doesn't speak on. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who, does, let not the one who eats despise the one who, is, who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It's before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. And here's, this is confusing right here. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Let one who observes a day observe it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in the honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in the honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. Okay, God, well, which one is it? Well, which one? If I don't know what's the right answer, I don't know how to adequately judge other people. So can't you tell me which one it is so I can feel good about the way that I follow you and can make other people feel bad about the way they follow you? (laughs) Let the one who eats, man, be thankful. Do it in the honor of the Lord. Let the one who abstains, man, so excited for you. That's great. Abstain. Be thankful. Do it in the honor of the Lord. Christians should only worship on the Sabbath. The real Sabbath is Saturday. Hey, great, man. That's what you think? Fantastic. Do it. Rejoice. Worship God. Give thanks. Do it on the Lord. Other guy, I don't matter what day I, I worship Jesus. Hey, that's good for you. So happy. So excited. You should do that. You should love Jesus. You should glorify him. Give, be thankful towards him. Do that in the honor of the Lord. 
But the issue is we divide these things, and then when we divide these things, there's really no unity. And when we say unity, what a lot of times we mean is uniformity, because this is what legalists really want. They want uniformity, not unity. Uniformity is you should do everything like I do it. That's not Jesus. Jesus says the body, the church, the family is beautiful and is very different. We got hands, we got feet, we got nose, we got eyes, we got Democrats, Republicans, all sorts of other things coming into one thing. And guess who's the one person who can unite all of those things together? Jesus. Okay, it's not trying to tweak, change, and behavior modify. So we can all be the same. We're not the same. We'll never be the same. The only one who brings us together is Jesus. It's not about your opinions. It's about what has God said? And then he brings us together. These people are so focused on the externals. Eat the right thing. Observe the right thing. Do the right thing. Don't do that thing that they miss Jesus completely. We have some legalists in the church. We have legalists in our family. And many of you probably deal with legalist issues of your own. I know I do. And a lot of times they show up in um, kind of small ways, music. You know, Dan said he was a Christian. I got into his truck, which is lifted, by the way, bad for the environment. (laughs) And do you know what was on in his car? He's on a highway to hell. (laughs) He's either not a Christian or he's a bad one. We'd, 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 what about drink? You know, Dan, same guy, lifted truck, typical, looked in his fridge, guess what he had? Beer. <laughs> show, show me, show me where, where God says don't drink beer. Show me where God says don't listen to loud music. He doesn't say it. What we do is we take our opinions, we take our convictions and elevate them to the same level as God's law and say, you follow Jesus this way. About clothing. Do you really worship Jesus if you don't show up in your Sunday best? That's a relative term, by the way. Maybe someone's Sunday best isn't as good as your Sunday best. I preached in a t-shirt one time you would have thought I killed someone's puppy. Because <laughs> apparently you're not allowed to preach the gospel wearing a cotton shirt without a collar. That's an opinion, it's a conviction. That's fine, if you feel that way, that's fine. If you want to wear your Sunday best, awesome, please do it. You know, I looked at his tattoos. you think at least one of them would have a Bible verse on it if you really follow Jesus. <laughs> God made her beautiful just the way she is, and then she went and started sticking some holes all over the place. Does she really? Come on, people. Remember when schooling options were a big deal between people, and we used to fight about that? If you really love Jesus, and you really want your kids to love Jesus, you'd homeschool them, because then you could protect them. You could care for them. If you you really love Jesus, and you really want your kids to love Jesus, you'd Christian school them. Then get some theology and some other stuff. No, 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 you're all wrong. If you really love Jesus and want your kids to love Jesus, you'd put them in public school so they can go be a light for Jesus. Sure. Just make sure your kid's learning stuff, okay? That's what's important. What about money? You know, if they, if they really love Jesus, 
and they budgeted by the book, they would have more. If they really followed Jesus, they'd be blessed by God financially. Let's flip that one over for a second. You know, if they really loved Jesus, they wouldn't have so much stuff. If they were really good Christians, if they were actually Christians at all, he wouldn't have bought that car. Doesn't he know how many people he could have fed with the money he paid for that? What about political preferences? (laughs) I'd rather not. I've heard friends say both of these comments I'm about to make. I, I, I don't know how this person claims to be a Christian and be in support of Donald Trump. I don't know how this person could claim a Christian and be in support of Joe Biden. So here's the issue. As long as we're gonna continue doing this legalist thing, we're just gonna keep driving people further and further and further apart. When the one person, the one thing that can actually bring unity to any one of these categories is who? It's Jesus. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Not Jesus plus your preference or Jesus plus something else. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Awesome, so no rules, right? Not exactly. Um, We'll get to Colossians chapter three where God tells us to kill our sin, to kill it. See, now that we're in faith, we, now that we're in Christ, now that we believe and we trust, we obey. And we do the things that God has called us to do. Not filling in the blanks and commanding that everyone else do the same. Verse 17 says, these are a shadow of the things to come. The feasts, the festivals, the, the new moons, the Sabbaths. But the substance belongs to Christ. In other words, the shadow points to something else. Right, if you get hit by a shadow of a truck, you're fine. You get hit by the substance of a truck, you're not fine. Right, you could have the shadow of an ice cream cone or you can have the ice cream cone. You can have the shadow of Christ and, and keep living and, you know, I just gotta do the right things and make sure, I gotta make sure I uphold all the festivals, all the feasts, all the days. But then you miss the substance. The shadow points to Christ. So unless it results in Christ, the shadow is just totally unnecessary. A lot of us are stuck living a shadow life when Christ has called us to live a substantial life and the purpose of Christ. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything, not Jesus plus rules, plus regs, plus diets, plus days, plus legalism. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. May it never be said of us that we're preachers or partakers of this false gospel. May it only be said of us that we preach Christ and Christ alone. The second wrong equation, the second false gospel we see in verse 18, it's Jesus plus mysticism. Jesus and mysticism, they're all sorts of spiritual experiences. This false gospel says, yeah, you need Jesus, but you also need experiences. If you don't have the experiences, you're either not a Christian or you're probably just a bad one. Which, that's the club I'm in. I'm in the bad Christian club, so um, there's no good Christians, only a good and perfect, sovereign, gracious Christ. Verse 18, let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism. We're gonna come back to that one. Worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by their sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head. Four things I wanna point out real quick. Insisting on five of these things. One being worship of angels. 
In this context, in this church, there were these super spiritualized uh, individuals with a false humility that said, you know, instead of bothering Jesus, he's, he's got a lot on his plate, okay? Jesus has a lot going on. There's a lot to do. Instead of bothering him, we're gonna pray to angels. We'll pray to angels, and then if the angels deem our prayer request appropriate, they'll fly it on over to Jesus. They'll tell Jesus about her, and then he can come through if it's appropriate. That's now what the Bible says. 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6 says, there's one God, there's one mediator between God and man. It's not angels, it's not saints, it's not any single person. The, the mediator is who? The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. We talked us straight to God. I don't need an intermediary here. I don't need some mediator. I don't need anyone else. I need God, bam, I'm in conversation. So as they go on and on and on in detail about visions, the one thing that Christians should go on and on and on about is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what our lives should be about, not about our experiences. And the types of visions they're talking about here, they're not like biblical, legit ones. Okay, in this context, there's people like eating mushrooms and smoking peyote and then having all sorts of these drug-induced experiences and then tying it to Jesus. Nah. No. That's, that's, not, that's not how this works. And you've, you've probably heard of real visions people have had, real dreams people have had. We keep hearing about um, our brothers and sisters in the Middle East having dreams of a man named Jesus. This is real stuff. Jesus shows up and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But you know what's happening? People are getting saved because they're having visions and dreams of Jesus. That's legit. I was with a missionary last week, and he said just a few months ago, he felt like he, he woke up, he had a dream, where in this dream he sold his house and he moved to Vietnam. It's like, ah, you know, I don't know about this. That same day, his realtor, who he hadn't talked to for eight months, and said, hey, I feel like you should sell your house. Oh, that's different. Ugh. You feel uncomfortable? Some of us are so afraid of experiences when there's actual um, experiences that probably could and should happen if you are following Christ because we are spiritual people. Third thing, it says, puffed up for no reason by a sensuous mind, an arrogance. There's an arrogance about them. Christ never calls us to arrogance. Christ called us to humility. If it's arrogant, it's not Jesus. The fourth thing, he says, not holding fast to Jesus. Now, this is a big one. <laughs> okay, we're holding fast to other things. We're holding fast to our legalism. We're holding fast to our mysticism. We're holding fast to the spiritual experiences we might have. Not holding fast to Jesus, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with the growth that is from God. What's the one thing, the one person who can unify the body of Christ? It's Jesus. Jesus is the one who brings us together. And mysticism still exists today. This isn't just some ancient thing. You can drive down the street. You can go visit a palm reader. That's a mystical type thing. You can go see a psychist. It's, it's, it's psychic. I had never seen one. I didn't know how to say it. You can go have your, your tarot cards read. Tarot sounds too much like a carrot, so I stay away from both of those. Um, you can go to Sedona. That's cool. Just drive around looking for a vortex. Go buy some crystals. Um, you could have a drug-induced vision if you want to have a vision. There's ways that you can experience 
these types of things. There's uh, things in the church that we experience that we judge other people by as well. You know, they, they say they worship Jesus, but I mean, I saw him like his eyes were open and his hands were in his pockets the whole time. Not once did he even think about like, but we do that. Stuff that we do. We laugh, at them, but it's vice versa too. Like, oh, look at that guy over there. Look at the greatest showman worshiping Jesus, doing this whole thing, doing the field goal, or the keeping my, my armpits are sweating, so I'm keeping him here, right? There's, there's all sorts of things that we do here in the church that we judge people based upon the way they are experiencing Christ. Some Christians, um, if you're not having experiences, they view you as a baby, like a baby pool Christian where there's something better for you in the deep end. There's more for you. Right, they'll say the best that God has to offer you exists apart from Christ. Friends, the best thing that God has offered us is Christ. We don't have to venture outside of that to experience him. We experience Jesus. It's not Jesus plus our experiences. It's Jesus plus nothing. That equals everything. Okay, so what if I have a spiritual experience? What if I have an experience? And again, in all honesty, you are a spiritual being since Christ is in you. You are a walking spiritual experience. Some of these crazy things that we see happen in the book might happen in your life. Okay, so what if I have a vision? What if I have a dream? What if I feel like God's speaking to me? What if I'm in this thing and someone starts speaking a different language? Like, what do I do when this stuff happens? I'm gonna tell you what I tell everyone. Email Pastor Bob, and he will help you sort through it. <laughs> no, I, I say it kidding, but talk to someone, man. Hey, I'm thinking this, I'm feeling this. I had this dream thing, I experienced this. What do you think about that? Can we pray about this? Can we, can we seek God's will through his word and try to figure out, man, is this something God's given me or did I just have bad tacos? Like what is this, is this God? Is this the Holy Spirit moving in my life? Because he's alive, he's alive in me. I should be experiencing something because he's there. And that we, we, we do, we take that and we view that through the lens of scripture and say, God, is this you? And if it's him, then you go and you do it. We don't chase after the experiences, we chase after Jesus. Why? Because Jesus plus nothing equals everything. May it never be said of us that we seek for God's best apart from Christ, but may we be known as people who are in full pursuit experiencing Christ himself. There's a third equation beginning in verse 20. It's this, Jesus and asceticism. Jesus and asceticism. Now, asceticism is, is more than just self-denial. Um, Jesus actually says, hey, if you wanna follow me, what? Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. We should die to ourselves and be alive in Christ. This takes that a step further. Asceticism is the practice of severe self-discipline and abstention from all forms of indulgence and pleasure, typically for religious reasons. Saying no, 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 to all the good things that God has created for us to enjoy in this world. Verse 20 says this, if, if Christ... If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, that's just the world systems that exist 
today, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. All of these things are according to human precepts and teachings. Why are you just submitting to the don'ts, thinking that those things are going to make you more holy? And this is what it is. Well, I don't, how do I know I'm a good Christian? Because I don't do that, 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 I don't do that. Man, being a Christian must really suck if it's just I don't do that, 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 I don't do that. Oh, you, what, you did what? I don't do that. <laughs> that sounds fun. You ever been there? No, I don't do that. It's not just a list of no, 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 no. And there's, there's different forms of this, right? There's different forms of asceticism. There's an extreme version of this. Um, if you've seen the movie The Da Vinci Code, there's scenes of this guy who's like whipping himself and beating himself to show how devoted he is to the Lord or, or he wraps these chains around his thighs and just cuts off the circulation and, and because it shows him like, I'm devoted to the Lord. Oh, you're just crazy, man. Like that's not, uh, or, or there's people who take these pilgrimages on their hands and their knees because they go through pain and, and their hands bleed and their knees and by the end of these pilgrimages, they're torn, they're battered, they're bruised and all of it shows their devotion to Christ. Um, some people are even experiencing maybe self-harm. And let me say this, if you're hurting yourself, God loves you. He doesn't want that for you. I love you. I don't want that for you. There's, there, there's less harsh forms we see in the church, right? There's lots of don't do this, don't do that, don't eat this, don't eat that. Don't go there, don't buy this, don't do that. Definitely don't buy that unless you got a deal, <laughs> right? Because that's, that's a Christian virtue is discounts. <laughs> Great purse. Where'd you get that? I got a deal. <laughs> got a deal. Dude, I like your car. When'd you get that? You know, I got it, but let me know. I got an awesome deal on it, though. Like, I didn't, I didn't pay full price because I love Jesus, man. Like, I, I would never. I read this book in college, um, and by the end of it, I was convinced, man, unless I am, like, darn near poor and living in community with other Christians who are also poor, then I'm just not following Jesus the right way. I might not be a Christian, and if I am, I'm probably not a good one. Don't ever eat nice things. Don't drink nice things. Don't, 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 don't. Why? Because I'm devoted. 1 Corinthians 10, 25 and 26 and verse 31 says this, eat whatever is sold in the meat market, thank you, Jesus, without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. So my, my son Jude's baseball game yesterday. I can watch my son play baseball and I can glorify God. I go for a walk in the morning with my family. I can glorify God. I can see a sunset. I can glorify God. I can go play a round of golf. I've actually started doing this. Um, like at some point in the middle of a golf game, just stop and look around and say, God, thank you. 
For what? For the ability to go do this? For this amazing thing you've created? For the beauty of your creation? Just thank you. And could you help me out? Because I'm really bad at this game. (laughs) Whatever I do, I can experience joy and I can glorify God. That means I can go home tonight and I can have a bacon-wrapped filet with a nice cab and a fine cigar afterwards, followed up with a fresh tray of brownies. I can do all those things and guess what? I can glorify God. Now, is there a line? Of course there is. Of course there is. If you have a problem with doing those things, okay, if you abuse alcohols to escape life's problems, you shouldn't do that. Okay, don't get drunk with wine. It's debauchery. Don't do that. Whatever I do, I can glorify God. And at verse 23 says this, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but how valuable are they? They are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. All of these things, these false gospels, legalism, mysticism, asceticism, all of them seem like there's some wisdom behind them, but they don't help. They don't help you not indulge in your sin. May it never be said of us that our confidence comes from our own strength. May it only be said that our confidence, come, our confidence comes from the person of Christ. I'm gonna invite the band on up, so band, if you could come and get ready to help us close with worship. Um, all of these false gospels seem wise at first. They accomplish nothing. Doing the right thing, saying the right thing seems wise at first. Doesn't bring you closer to Christ. You believe in Jesus, Jesus is in you, Christ is living inside of you, you can't get much closer than that. Our experiences, they look great, wrong equation. All of the equations are wrong. The legalist says if you're not doing the right things like me, right, Jesus plus rules that I've made up for you to follow, you're either not a Christian or you're just not a good one. The mystic says if you're not experiencing the same things like me, Jesus plus experiences, then you're either not a Christian or you're just not a good one. The ascetic says, if you're not saying no, 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 like me, you're either just not a Christian or you're just not a good one. Friends, none of these are true. There is no ideal Christian. There's only an ideal Christ. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Let me pray. God, help us shift our focus. Man, if our focus is on the externals, on the do's, the don'ts, um, the days, the diet, whatever it might be, God, whatever legalist issue we're facing, God, we give that over to you. God, we don't just want to do the right things all the time. We, We just want to love your son, Jesus. God, let us not chase experiences, but let us chase after you. God, let us not find our confidence in our strength and our own false humility, thinking that because we neglect ourselves something, it somehow makes us better and stronger. God, let our strength come only from you. God, I repent of my externals. I repent of the things that I think other people need to be doing. God, I repent of pressing my own opinions on other people, pressing my own convictions on other people when they're things that you don't speak of. 
God, I ask you'd help my brothers and sisters here this morning do the same thing, God, that we can come before you. We confess that you are Lord and we are not. That our hope, our trust, our confidence, our strength is found in Christ and in Christ alone. God, help us turn our eyes towards you, turn our minds towards you, turn our hearts towards you. We ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people say. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. It's a rather simple equation, isn't it? Yes. If you're here this morning and maybe you've been adding something to that equation, Jesus plus my own good works or Jesus plus my life experiences or the spiritual experiences that I've had or Jesus plus my ability to say no to things, um, maybe this morning you want to come to faith in Jesus and the first time profess, hey, Jesus plus nothing is everything. Okay, the gospel says Jesus didn't die for you because you're lovely. Jesus died to make you lovely. Jesus didn't die for us because we did good things. Jesus died to do a good thing for us. Jesus didn't die because we were righteous. He died because we weren't so that he could give us his righteousness. I'll be down front this morning. Some of our elders, our pastors will be around. We'd love to pray with you, um, help you take your next step of faith in Jesus Christ. Highlands Church. Jesus plus nothing equals everything, okay? May we not be a people who judge others, nor would we be people who accept judgment based upon opinions and convictions around things like uh, legalism or around things like experiences and mysticism or around asceticism. May we be a people who presses in and fully pursues Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. We love you guys. Love each other. We'll see you next week. 